Today, superannuation and superannuation options, the sorts of options you have as to, as to when you look to see which fund to put your super into. We'll be talking about that. We'll have our weekly market update with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and we'll see what's happening with all our currencies, our commodities and the general state of the market. I think that includes petrol prices too. It is Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard with us today. Stephen, uh, they keep talking about unemployment figures and how that's going to affect the ASX, but apparently that's quite good news, the unemployment figures. Yeah, unemployment was, a, was, was surprisingly good, um, and um, I, think, uh, I think the economy is uh, recovering. I mean, you've you just got to look around here. You know, the, the restaurants and, that I've been to, or been past even lately, seem to be all full. I know it's difficult trying to get into a, a Saturday night now unless you book about a week in advance. And, mm. um, so I, I would have thought um, the hospitality in the hospitality area, the tourism area, I know up the bay um, and the north coast, I've got clients up there. They've never been busy, so busy. So I think I think, I think think the really issues in the tourism that I can see are the people who cater from overseas. But but really, Australians spend more overseas on tourism than, than tourism brings into the country. So we're in a, we're in a game position there. So. Okay. So and, and one of the staff just came back from uh, Hamilton Island. She told me it was extremely busy up there. So, really? So there yeah. you go. Everybody's so, getting out so, and about. You know, all these hospitality, they're a great employer of, of, of people who casual employers, but the, the full-time employment was up 89,000 too, mm. I think. So. Excellent. Excellent. So that's on the up. That's on – that is good uh, news. Yeah, not so good news. The gold price was down oh. 73 cents an ounce, which really isn't much, to $2,233. And the, the the oil price was up $1.59 a barrel to $87.81. One cents. Mm-hmm. Um, the currencies, the Australian dollar was strengthening again, uh, back up to 77.46 uh, US cents, uh, 55.76 Great British pence, right. and um, 65.08 euro pence. Um, the equity market was up on the week. Um, it was, you know, sectors are up and sectors are down. Um, there seems to be a bit of a, a turnaround going on. The high flying stocks. Um, seem to have fallen away, tech stocks, but the, the companies that seem to be making things um, seem to be uh-huh. increasing. So the All Ordinaries Index was up uh, 95 points for the week to 7,048, so back above 7,000 at the close yesterday. The S&P 500 was up 43.8 for the week to 3,974, and the UK FTSE Index was up 25.7 to 6,762. So all the bricks doom and gloom, plus the COVID problems doesn't appear to have affected the UK market that much. Um, some local stocks, uh, some stocks that can, local investors like, um, BHP was $46.07, which is down 73 cents for the week. Um, CBA continues its upward march, up another 66 cents for the week to $87.11, and NIB was down 22 cents to $5.45, and Telstra um, $3.19, which was up 13 cents for the week. And, and some fuel, fuel prices coming up. Um, the the um, unleaded price in Newcastle is dollar thirty seven point five, which is down a cent on the week, and the Sydney a dollar forty nine point two, which is up three point seven, and Newcastle diesel a dollar thirty three point one, and Sydney a dollar thirty point six. The diesel price doesn't seem to move nearly as much as the petrol for some reason. Mm, okay. 
Interesting, isn't it? Uh, uh, must be the people who drive cars that have diesel. Aren't they lucky? <laughs> I would have thought they're decreasing. Yeah, well, trucks, of course. Ah, uh, so, trucks. Yeah, but, but so still, a lot of it's for yeah, commercial diesel purposes. Diesel cars are being removed from the Europe, I assume they same thing. It well, they'll, they'll stop manufacturing from Europe, so yeah. there won't be the volume to produce them for here anyhow. Thursday Finance and time for our weekly market update right now with Henry Jennings, Senior Market Commentator at Markers Today. So hello to you, Henry. And uh, yes, if you can keep your feet out of the water, that'll all be good. Stephen, what about our update? Are you wet down there, Henry? Uh, well, not in the office, Stephen, but no doubt I'm going to be when I get out. We've actually took the opportunity today in the wet to knock a, a very nasty-looking wasp's nest nest off our umbrella, and they don't seem to be very happy. Oh, I'm sure they're not. The wet, the wet weather has, um, has meant that we could do it very quickly, and they've had a very damp and cold experience, and now they're lying in a puddle of water, the, the honeycomb bit, which looks oh. like honeycomb. It just looks a bit... Nasty, really. Yes, this is outside the office, is it? It is. It oh, is. Well, they're probably draining yeah. them. We've, we've both been looking at it for a couple of weeks, thinking we're going, to, we're going to knock it off. We're going to knock it off. But they kept looking very angry. Yes, I'm sure they're even <laughs> angry now. <laughs> well, no, I think they've moved on. Oh, excellent. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, speaking of angry, CBA's announced they're going to launch their own buy now, pay later, and they're going to undercut afterpay's margins. Mm. So this is the second big player that, you know, PayPal said that last week, and now CBA's come out this week. Everybody's doing it, aren't they? Yes. Um, it, is, uh, it is an interesting move. Don't forget that CBA also own uh, part of Klarna, yep. which hasn't really got a lot of traction here. Um, it is very big in Europe and in the US, but it hasn't really taken off here after pay and I guess Zip to some extent and even Hum have got the market pretty much sewn up at the moment here. It's, it's an interesting move from CBA. The fees are going to be a lot cheaper um, in that um, after pay charge the merchant around 4%, um, but CBA will just wrap it up in a normal sort of business transaction basically and charge you for that. Um, it's, it's interesting. And banks haven't got a great track record, have they, in offering all things to all men. Years ago, they went into wealth management and insurance and all this, and they were going to be the one-stop shop for everything financial. And over the last couple of years since the Hain Royal Commission, what they've done is sell this stuff and become building societies. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the question, I guess, is why has it taken them so long to do this? Um, so... <laughs> Um, I guess they've had a look under the hood of uh, Klarna, perhaps, and they, they've seen the opportunity. But, you know, they are playing catch-up football here. So, so far, it hasn't rocked the afterpay share price. Um, not to its core, but then it's all part of the, I guess, it's the death of a thousand cuts at the moment for afterpay. As you say, PayPal's in there. Um, it did top out at $160, and now it's 111 Oh, so it's a bit up on last week. It's tiny nine last week. Yeah, so it hit a hundred bucks and bounced. So um, yes, it's 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 looking better. It hasn't really come off since this announcement, I have to say. But I guess you know, in, in six months' time or three months, when Commonwealth Bank says we've captured such and such a market share, then we may see some uh, some selling mm. accelerating this one. But we'll see. And an interesting announcement from corporate travel management. Um, the, the, the founder sold another $31.5 million shares and he, he cites the lack of dividends as the reason he sold. <laughs> <laughs> a bit 
ironic, really, isn't it? That's what I thought. <laughs> I thought the board, you know. <laughs> the, the CEO of a company is not getting his dividend checks. <laughs> Doesn't he have somewhat a little bit of control over the dividend well, <laughs> would have thought so. He's the founder and the CEO of this one. So, um, yeah, the, um, the stock has bounced today. It got down to the price yesterday. It was done at $21. It hit $21 last night. Um, it has bounced the dollar back up to 22 bucks. So I, it, it's a very hard thing for these founders and CEOs. They're, they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. We're all taught through our um, investment careers that we should diversify our risk. And a lot of these guys have all their risk in, in just one basket. And when they do cash out a little bit, and it's only a little bit, and they still have huge amounts of skin in the game, we all run for the hills and say it's the end of the world. You know, they must be losing confidence in the company. At the end of the day, we all have desires and needs and wants and things we want to buy and, and diversifying our portfolio. So it is a bit of a balancing act, but saying that you're selling out because the company doesn't pay dividends and you're was amazing, the CEO. Yeah. I've not heard that one before. Usually it's for personal reasons. Mm, Usually it's bill. to diversify. Or the, the, the one that gets everyone every time is for tax reasons. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Uh, yeah. And the tax reasons arise because you sold the shares and now you've got to pay them. Anyhow. Well, you, usually it's because you've exercised options um, which allow you to get the shares. But once you exercise the options, that, that becomes a tax event. So you've got to pay the tax. Yep. On that, so I've been there, done that. It's a nasty check to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reject shop says they're going to cap, uh, capitalise. That the reject shop start again thinks that consumers are becoming more cautious about discretionary spending, and they're hoping to capitalise on that. And uh, interesting, they they never got any job keeper, so their turnover must have been quite okay. Well, I think they were selling lots of hand sanny. Yes. Toilet rolls yes. and cleaning products. I yes. think that really saved their bacon. Of course, um, the JobKeeper thing has, has reared its ugly head. There was a big article in the Fin Review today about the um, how the ASX, well, the top 300 companies, had uh, a lot of them had taken the JobKeeper money, and that was pretty much um, their profits to mm-hmm. some extent. There was a couple of high-profile stocks that did very, very well out of JobKeeper, and of course. Um, they actually did well. Their businesses did well during the pandemic. So it was kind of like a, a double dip to mm-hmm. some extent. The idea of JobKeeper was that it would tide you over when your business suffered. But these guys, actually, their businesses boomed, and they still did the JobKeeper. So um, I, I think, you know, with the reject shop, it's we saw retail sales not quite so fluffy as they have been. And I think people are getting out and about and doing things rather than buying things. And, of course, now we don't have COVID touch wood to any, any extent. Um, that sanitizer, I mean, sanitizer's cheap as chips now, yep. isn't it? Remember when it came out yep. and everyone was yep. clamoring hand sanium yeah. and people were converting their alcohol uh, production facilities yep. into hand sanitizer facilities? Now it's everywhere. Yep. Everyone's got it. There's tons of it. There's, there's a glut. Yes. So, um, you know, I think the reject shop did well out of those sorts of products and probably not so well going forward out of uh, uh, out of retail sales. People, I think, are looking for experiences and maybe moving up market a bit. To NURFM's Thursday Finance Art Market Update with Henry Jennings. Over to you, Stephen. And uh, Evolution Gold Mines uh, has outlaying another $343 million. Doesn't mm. sound much when you say it like that. Um, right, it rolls off the tongue. 
just rolls off the tongue, to, to acquire <laughs> a Canadian gold miner called Battle North Gold. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, they're, they're buying this. It's around, as you say, around 350-odd million Aussie. Um, Battle North Gold has a project uh, called Bateman Gold, uh, which is in Canada, and Evolution have a project themselves in Canada called Red Lake Gold, and uh, they really want to put the two together um, and get those sort of synergies and the, the, the cost benefits of having two gold mines uh, in the same area. So uh, that, that's the attraction, I guess. The, the, the gold sector in Australia has been pretty much under a bit of a cloud for some time, mainly because of the bullion price has been so um, on the nose. Everyone's been piling into alternative hedge assets like Bitcoin instead of gold, which has always been that store of, of value and, and bit of an inflation hedge so um interesting and obviously opportunistic and we are seeing some signs of life today in our gold sector there is a little bit of nibbly buying going on so maybe uh, despite the fact the bullion prices is where it is and um, there is some buyers emerging in the gold sector and evolution leading the charge with corporate transaction mm. and down at uh, amp uh We've got uh, there's a bit of action in the taker in the property trust, isn't it? Uh, Dexas is trying to get control of a fi- of one of AMP's funds with a five billion dollar mm. offer for AMP Capital Diversified Property Fund, and AMP's responded by cutting their management fees. Yeah. So, so uh, it's, it's, it's AMP is a bit like the Christmas turkey in some respects, isn't it? Everyone's carving bits off, mm-hmm. and everyone's taking the good bits. And all you're going to end up with is, is the bit at the end that nobody really wants that sits in the fridge for a long time and goes hard and dry and you can't give to the dog and then you just throw it out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is AMP and it's, it's already had um, the uh, Aries Funds Management uh, mm-hmm. doing a JV with them, which some suggest is a, is a low price. And now Dexas has taken the opportunity and they want to merge one of their funds with one of the AMP funds. Um, and, uh, of course, AMP don't want to, that to happen because, for one, they get nice lucrative management fees off, off this fund. So, um, again, it, it's this revenue. It's the death of a thousand cuts, I guess, for mm-hmm. AMP. And you do just end up with the nasty bit that sits in the fridge, mm-hmm. um, which I guess, in AMP's case, is that um, wealth management business that they have um, so many issues with, with advisors leaving, with uh, remediation mm-hmm. provisions, etc. Uh, yeah, AMP is, is very much the, the dog, um, all, those, um, all that speculation, I guess, that they was going to be a takeover was dashed, um, and they're languishing, to say the least, around $1.40 still, and, and trying to protect the good stuff that they have left and, and at least get the, um, the best price for it. But it's, um, it's not been an easy job for the CEO, I have to say, and I'm not sure they're playing it very well. No, I, th- I think the, I think the board. The I think the board needs to, you know, get in and run the company instead of trying to sell it. That's what they're paid for. Well, you know, if, if the CEO comes up with a strategic plan and you go, "That's great, mate," but we've got another plan and we're going to sell the bits of the company that we can sell to try and cut it back to its core, mm-hmm. it kind of chops the bloke yep. off of the knees. Yep, makes it hard. Yes, and then Canada's Northwest Healthcare has made an offer for Australian Uni Healthcare Property Trust at two thirty five a unit. There was an offer two twenty four some time ago, and now we're up to two thirty five. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you know there's, there's a lot of money around at the moment. We saw a, another bid today for um, Vital Harvest, 
which Macquarie is uh, bidding for as well. So there is a lot of money around, I guess, uh, and it's relatively easy to come by. So um, there is a lot more M&A going on in the market, that's for sure. Capital raisings as well, quite popular at the moment. And we haven't had a really big knockout um, sort of acquisition, I guess. The the biggest one would be Coca-Cola Amatil um, at the moment. But, um, yeah, I think there's going to be more to come, especially in the REIT space, I suspect, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as we see some consolidation uh, post-pandemic in that space. So, yes, interesting times for the REIT. Interesting times. Always interesting times, Stephen. Always interesting times. Hey, Henry, we'll be back next week with some more interesting times. And Henry Jennings, thanks to you um, from uh, Marcus today, Senior Market Commentator there with our market update to NURFM's Thursday Finance and time to look at uh, superannuation funds and the options that you might have to put your superannuation into, Stephen Pritchard. Yeah, um, there's been a a couple of... um there's a couple of changes coming into superannuation as from the 1st of July, if it doesn't get changed again. Um, so when you when you start a when you start a, a, a new job, the employer will give you a, a choice of superannuation um, form. Um, and previously, if you never completed it, the employer had a default superannuation fund which they had, and you just got your contributions just got put into it. Um, now what's going to happen is the employer is going to give you a choice of superannuation fund form and if you uh, don't complete it, the tax office is going to advise the employer what default superannuation fund um, your money is going to go into. Now, personally, I don't know why anyone doesn't complete these forms, but... Um, um, it's a good idea to take an interest in where yeah. your super so, is going. So um, one of the reasons, this is one of the reasons why people have um, multiple superannuation funds because um, they've never completed the, the, the choice form and now the ATO is going to allocate on, on some basis um, which which one of these multiple funds you've got is going to become your default fund and I assume at some stage they're going to try and consolidate them again, which they tried once before. That um, Now... Which didn't work that well. Um, and one of the important things about this is some funds have different benefits that that you might want. Like you might have a couple of funds, and one offers um, insurance, and you actually want the insurance. And if you risk not doing anything, um, that could end up being cancelled when when the funds get consolidated. Mm, so that's you know, important. You need to complete your your employer choice form for your employees need to complete it and need to select which funds you want and you need to have a look at if you've got smaller funds which ones you want to keep. Um, and then I thought you know this we just talk about most people you know most people have got choices of um, three broad types of funds you can go into. Um, there's the industry funds, and they're, they're, they're commonly referred as the... Or, or commonly misdescribed as the union funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, most industry funds have um, equal union and employer representation on the board, so that means the employer or the employer organisation appoints half the people and the union appoints half the people. Um, So that's one choice. Um, There's public offer funds um, and there's a whole range of those. They're they're usually set up by um, 
uh, private operations such as investment managers and banks, etc., have public offer funds. And then, of course, there's the fast-growing sector, although not so fast anymore, uh, self-managed superannuation funds. And they're, they're basically for people who want the ultimate control over their, over their funds. Now, each, each of these... Um, Broad type of funds have um, advantages and disadvantages. Um, the industry funds are probably the simplest um, solution, um, um, and they usually offer a, a choice of investment in, within broad categories. Um, some insurance and insurance, life insurance, and TPD is usually cheaper. Um, through a, a superannuation fund than you can buy individually and that's because they'll have a, a, a group policy and the insurance company will sell a, a, a policy to a super fund cheaper than the individual um, because there's less admin, um, there's less risk because they assess the whole pool of people. Um, and, and, and just on that, TPD is total law? Uh, total and permanent disability. And permanent disability. Yeah, so, 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 disability, so, so there's yeah, death. There's yeah. death insurance, yes. which is pretty straightforward. You're either dead or you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, TPD's total and permanent disablement. Now, mm-hmm. y- you can have a whole discussion on that. The important thing on TPD is to consider the definition of what um, um, total and permanent disablement means. The major two definitions are, one, you're unsuitable for any employment, or two, your own occupation. The definition on your own occupation is far better from a claiming point of view, because that means you you can't do your own occupation. Um, any occupation means you can't do anything. So you'll you'll get paid under your own occupation definition, whereas you won't get paid under your, um, any occupation if you've got a claim. Mm. Um, but of course, the own occupation um, definition usually costs you more to insure. Thursday finance, and uh, we've been talking about superannuation. Bill just rang in, Stephen, and, and said, "Yes, it is important that you make that choice so that all your choices, your superannuation, you, you, need, you need to fill in the the um, superannuation choice form at the same time you you fill in your employment declaration form." Yeah, um, yeah. I I, I, mm. I don't understand why people won't do it. Okay. It might be a tricky form to fill in, maybe? Well, the ones I've seen aren't. You know, okay. you name your super fund number and you, yeah. Um, not. Yeah, I suppose that's a trick. You need to know what your super number is, don't you? But, yeah, that's uh, an important yeah. thing to have. Um, yeah, so, uh, so we've got industry funds, we've got public offer funds. So public offer funds, are, you know, there's a raft of those around as well. Um, they provide um, a lot more choice generally than industry funds, Um you know, so there's investment choice and, and different options that are in a public offer fund. And, of course, there's self-managed superannuation funds that, that provide the ultimate um, choice of investment strategies. And you can do things with a, a self-managed superannuation fund from an investment point of view that you can't do in any of the industry funds or the public offer funds. I mean, they're all they're all governed by the, the same legislation in, in respect of the uh, superannuation laws. Um, it's just that the structures of them allow you to do different things. Now, cost-wise, um, industry funds are generally seen as the cheapest option. Um, that that's not always the case. Um, a, a self-managed superannuation fund that's got a large balance will be cheaper to run than, and you've got a vanilla investment structure, um, will be cheaper to run than a um, public offer fund or an in, in industry fund. And this week I just did a, someone came in and, and we did a bit of a exercise and we compared a, a public offer fund with the same um, investments as an industry fund, and the public offer fund actually. 
actually turned out to be cheaper, which I was surprised about than the than, than the industry fund. And, and and while the industry fund's administration costs were cheaper um, than the public offer fund, um, the public offer's investment costs were significantly cheaper than the industry fund. So what you need to do is you need to look at which structure, what 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 fund suits you. Um, the majority of people. Um, it's probably the industry fund that will suit them or maybe the public offer fund um, and then compare compare the costs mm-hmm. and the features you want. And generally the more features you want in a fund, the more expensive it's, 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 it's going to be. Right. Okay. Um, a, 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 super, a self-managed superannuation fund is, is more complex. Um, the trustees, which are always the members and the members are the trustees and the trustees are the members, um, um, takes on more work for the trustees and the members. Um, but, um, you know, for whatever reasons, property is one of Australia's favourite investments. Um, you can buy investment properties in a self-managed superannuation fund. Um, and I don't mean don't mean go and buy them off the people who are selling you an investment property and says, hey, we can set up a self-managed superannuation fund. But genuine people who want to invest in property can invest in a self-managed superannuation fund. People who want to run their own um, investment portfolios, um, their share portfolios, can invest in a self use a self managed superannuation fund. Um, smaller balances in a self managed superannuation fund are more expensive to 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 run the fund than uh, either an industry fund or a public offer fund. But as the fund gets gets larger. Um, because it's basically a fixed cost base to run a self-managed super fund. As the fund gets larger, the the proportion of the fees to run the fund decrease to the balance. So, you know, once you start getting up, you know, a million or so, the self-managed funds suddenly become cheaper to run than the than the um, industry or the public offer funds. But it's all about you know what choice you want, what how much involvement you want, what choice you want, and what features you want. I mean. I suppose with the self-managed super fund, it's up to you to make sure you make the choices of you. the investment. You need to make the choice of the investment, or you need to, um, or you um, need to get some help to to, uh, to make yes. to make choices on uh, the investment. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and you know, if you want cheap insurance, you will get that most probably through either the industry fund or the public offer fund than you will through a self-managed superannuation fund. Um, some clients have a small balance in the industry fund or a public offer fund just to get the insurance benefit while the majority of the money is kept in the self-managed super fund. Well, that's another way of doing it. So you, you just can need to look at the cost. And yeah, match you can and, mix and match. Uh, yeah, sounds great. Well, that's Thursday Finance for today. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. And we'll be back with more from finance uh, in a week's time. That's Thursday after the midday news on 2NURFM.